0: And welcome to the final episode of the Coffee Creators podcast for this year or for this season. So I hope you guys weren't sad. Actually, you know what? I hope you guys were sad when you heard that, when you thought that this was the final final. I'd like to think that you guys were sad. But anyway, this is a special episode of the Coffee Creators podcast because this is the final episode for this season or for this year, 2021. And this is a very special one because I have two um, co-hosts with me today just to kind of change things up a bit so before anything else my name is Michael if this is your first time listening to this podcast welcome I am a graphic designer slash content creator slash work from Homer slash pizza eater and I've been doing this for about two years now I create content on Instagram on YouTube and also run this podcast a podcast for creators by creators and with me I have um an old friend of mine not literally old Matt. (laughs) but a
1: previous guest from the podcast is uh here's matt matt welcome to the podcast thank you very much for having me again I, am i am i a record guest now a record returnee i don't know i think so i think i think you are the the how many times have you appeared on the coffee creators three this may well be fourth fourth yeah if it's not fourth at third
0: i think it's the fourth one for mm. sure yeah so welcome back it's thank always nice to have you here yeah um, and also we have our, uh, another friend, John, John Imperial. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you for having me, Michael. Appreciate You're being it. You're
0: welcome. And if you guys are watching this, did you know that you can actually watch this podcast now on Spotify and you can see our pretty faces and I don't know if it's oriented correctly, but right now we have Santa in the middle and i'm the only one who's wearing the christmas themed uh, well we actually pa- papa bear yeah papa bear right here but uh, matt actually i would say that matt went above and beyond because he grew a beard i'd like to think that he grew a beard just
1: for this podcast but no he actually absolutely i just dis- that was a disclaimer before we went live this is my christmas effort <laughs> thank you thank you for that okay
0: well guys welcome to the podcast and i thank always you. enjoy your company of course and today's going to be a very interesting conversation. And as usual, this podcast is just about conversations between creators, so that we can share ideas and experiences, and hopefully, someone who is listening to this can can have um, can go home with some information or maybe inspiration, something like that. So that's all we're trying to do. Uh, for since this is the last episode of the year, uh, let's call this the the year end review. And so, what I want to do today. Uh, aside from just the normal conversations that we have, I want to ask you both a specific question and I can answer the same question. Actually, it's only fair that I answered the same question, but I want to hear from you guys. Um, Since I understand uh, both of uh, all of us are creators in our own way. um, Before actually we ask this question, I want you to tell the audience what you do um, in your line of, of work, basically, and how you create things for, for the internet. Uh, Let's start with Matt. Matt, what do you do? Can you tell a little bit about yourself to the audience?
1: Yeah, well, as we've already discussed, I'm a part-time Santa Claus. Um, I'm available (laughs) at kids' parties, and (laughs) I have to diet white on the weekends. But um, yeah, I'm a man of many things, as you know. Um, In my day job, I am, and and assuming a lot of the guests on this show will be American, but I'll cover both. I'm a realtor. Uh, I own a realtor company um, in England. We have the dirty word estate agent or letting agent. Uh, My my company does both, and I am one of the directors of that. So that's a full-time job in itself. Uh, After that, I am a dad of two, uh, two girls, five and seven, and obviously husband. Um, And then obviously I'm a content creator in my spare time, so it's very much an amateur effort for myself, but uh, something I've been doing now for about three and a half, four years. Awesome. Awesome.
0: That's good. It's interesting though. You said an amateur effort. We'll get back to that, but I want to pin that in my head. Okay. Okay. Um, how about you, John?
2: Um, I am John Imperial. Um, I was gonna say I'm an elf part time. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> That's my job. <laughs> no. Um, I do. Uh, I create videos on YouTube about tech and architecture in a way. Um, kind of like a mesh of both. Of those things Um, I've been doing it for two years left my job this year actually to pursue full-time content creation and full-time architecture Uh, so does that mean part-time architecture part-time but yeah I don't know
0: (laughs) we'll get back to that
2: (laughs) well it's (laughs) full-time yes and it's crazy I've been doing that for almost two years now and I started a podcast this year called the figuring it out and yeah that's what I've been doing
0: so we're all busy doing our own thing. And although, you know, it's easy to be, um, I guess, cornered into the, or placed in, into this box uh, as a content creator or as a creator, but we all have our different voices, different niches, different um, specialties. And I think at the end of the day, it's really just different types of relationships with our audiences, right? So mm-hmm. John does more of like a lot of the, the architectural stuff and tech. Matt does has a lot in gaming, in setups and um, lighting. I'm, I'm like <laughs> beard aficionados, I would like to think. Wax <laughs> yeah. products, YX products, <laughs> and I take a lot of silly pictures of my desk. So, okay, we've all been doing this for at least two years. John has been doing this for at least two years. I've been doing this all close to three years, and Matt has been doing this for about four years now. Mm-hmm. So, the question I want to ask you both and anyone can start answering this question um, is, after doing this for so long, for this year specifically, can you name an incident um, where you would consider it to be the biggest mistake that you've made in this year, in the world of create, you know, as a creator? Um, And we can talk about it and kind of share our experiences. They can be embarrassing. If you feel that you are brave enough to share that, Uh, they don't have to be, Um, but the point is, I want it to be as real as possible so that whoever is listening to this might be able to relate to that. So, who wants to go first? <laughs> John was uh, so uh, quiet
1: I, right I, now. I, I I've led <laughs> up to now, so why didn't you start us off, John?
2: <laughs> okay, no, I'll, I'll start. Um, I, I, don't, I can't think if I would say or call it a mistake. You know, uh, It's definitely a lesson. And mm-hmm. the biggest thing this year was in the beginning of the year I was in transition. So I was really have been aiming to leave my job for maybe two years since I started this journey. But of course there's some, you need to be realistic And that the early days, of course, it wasn't realistic to leave my job for a hobby Hmm. and I wasn't ready to give up the, the financial aspect of it, you know? And so this year, um, I think this is a good um, thing because a lot of us, when we're starting out, we overcommit to a lot of things because we want to grow. We want to be able to work with a lot of brands and we want to say yes to almost everything. It's kind of like that um, mindset of, um, what do you call it? Scarcity mindset.
0: Yes. Of Mm -hmm. just
2: like, oh man, I'm not going to have enough. And so I've said yes to a lot of brands early on this year. Because I'm like, oh, wow, now I'm starting to get a little bit more traction and brands actually want to work with me now. And so I just felt obliged in a way to say yes, even though not knowing that, oh, man, I'm overwhelming myself because I'm still fully employed. I have my architecture side business and then I have my content creation. And so that was a big lesson for me, the importance of saying no, because Um, I can't say, too, that I was sacrificing the quality of my work. It was just more about that. I delivered quality enough um, products or content. Yes, content. Mm -hmm. But then I'm looking back at it. I'm like, wow, I did that because I had the skill. Most people would look at it and be like, oh, wow, he did pretty good. But then when looking back at some of the content, I'm like, "Uh, I could have done better. <laughs> it was because I was overcommitted, so that and was that I was see. probably the biggest lesson for this year for me. What just was the, saying no to the right? Was place. there
0: a point in your in your adventure for this last uh, in this last year that you said, okay, this is way too much than what I've you know bitten off oh. more than I can chew, basically? Or is it kind of just like now looking back, you started to realize that?
2: No, like I knew, like because around August time, I was about to go on a three week vacation trip. Two, two and a half. And I had to like finish all of the projects that I wanted to finish. And I was like, man, I have no, like I I don't have enough time to finish all of them before I go on that trip. And I was like, this is not good. Usually I have a deadline, one deadline before a trip, which is like pretty normal. You know, you want to answer all the questions and all that stuff. But this time I had like at least one for each category of my like path, job, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, man, I can't do this again. So I f- once I finished all of that, when I got back from that trip, I was like very selective in how I'm saying yes. And also I'm like, hey, that's a key part. I can't deal with this until two months from when I receive the product. Because a lot of them, right, mm-hmm. would send you a product and be like, mm-hmm. uh, we want to see it like within two weeks of you receiving the product. And I just had to be honest with them. Like, I really want to try this, but there is no way I'm going to get to it within two weeks. Ding, ding. And a lot of them are receptive here.
0: No, because that's very crucial. What you said that's very important. And one of the things that I've actually learned as well, um, and that's setting your own deadlines. Right? Not not being not bending over for um, for these, these these people or these brands that want to work with you. Obviously, we're we're trying to compromise, right? Like we're, but in the beginning, I felt that you always just had to say yes. Yeah. Right? Like I need this in two weeks. I'm like, okay, you know. But that definitely is not realistic considering that we all have our own lives because from their pers- the, from their perspective they think we're just twiddling our thumbs we're just <laughs> sitting here that's never the case right like so um, it's very important John I think that's a, a, a good lesson definitely for for people to to understand that you can set um, your own like uh, what do you call this like boundaries when it comes to like these deals so very important Absolutely. when John said yeah if they say I need this by this time, you can negotiate, okay. So I guess the the other question that follows that is, um, what if the brand says we can't? And that's another discussion. But the point is, you can negotiate, okay. So anything else, John? Hey, that's uh, that's a good that's a good uh, thing. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to ask. That was if basically
2: else. it. All of the brands, when I tell them I can't, like if they really value me and like working with me, they they usually say yes. I don't think I've ever experienced like, oh, no, we can't unless it was like a very specific time frame, like promotion. Like, oh, we're trying to push this product for the month of December. And I'm like, oh, I can't. Yeah. So it's like, all right. Yeah, it's not going to work. OK, but, I want to talk yeah, about people that real quick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I want to talk about that real quick. So you also have to realize, dear listener, that when they're planning out these campaigns, they're not like you or me. I'm going to speak for myself. I always assume that these brands are just like me. They wake up in the morning. They're like, oh, crap, I have to promote this. You know what I mean? It's not like that. They have this planned out, yeah. so they'll say, "I'll give this. Uh, this is the time frame where I can reach out to all these creators and ask them if they can promote it within this time frame." So don't ever think that this time frame is always going to be um, cemented, right? Like, I need this in two weeks. They don't need it exactly in two weeks, unless they specify that the launch date is going to be a specific date. Then maybe there is uh, a little bit of um, urgency there but it's better for you to know that because then you can decide whether you want to say yes or no. So, um, but yes, because what John's just shared, it's very important to remember that there is always, most of the time there's always going to be some wiggle room. Like if they say I need it in two weeks, say, I can't, I have projects. And they'll, cause this works for me 99% of the time. will say, um, can you send us something in two weeks? I'm like, I, um, I'm able to send you part of it in a month would that work with you for you? And they'll say, most of the time, like I said, 99% of the time, they'll say, yeah, sure. That'll work. Cause they're, they're, they're just trying to see, they're trying to see how much you can deliver. They're, they're trying to gauge you. So once you foster that relationship, once you both understand how each other works, then you'll have a better, um, understanding of, you know, what you can expect from one another, I guess, moving forward. Um, Thank you, John. I appreciate
1: that. Thank you for sharing. How about you, yeah. Matt? Anything else that you'd anything you you'd like to share for this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you nailed a couple of the topics which I've been discussing with a lot of my kind of fellow creators who are in a similar space to me. Is taking on too many too many jobs. Um, I, I think mistakes are tough ones. I don't think I've necessarily made any mistakes, but things I would do differently. Um, I think probably focusing all my energies on one platform is probably my biggest regret. Uh, this year I had other goals other than Instagram but Instagram is a bit like one of those savage ex-girlfriends that you realize once you get back with her why you left her in the first place (laughs) and you know it sucks you back in with all this uh, enticement of your reels going viral and, and this like insane growth but actually if you spend too much time on Instagram and start kind of getting disappointed at your growth or the numbers uh you it takes your your concentration of other things and i really wanted to hit youtube hard this year and it hasn't materialized and i set a very realistic goal this year of a very very modest of hitting 500 subs um but then i haven't put a video out in five months so you know understandably i've gone up by like 10 10 subscribers so i think mistake wise probably putting all my eggs in one basket um Looking at the numbers again is is a repeat foul that I keep doing. Um, and that has a habit of denting my overall confidence at my abilities and ability to create content. Um, so case in point, a couple of recent reels I put out, which is very much like you see here, this kind of face to camera stuff. And people are commenting, saying, you know, the content's really good and it's really professional and it, the production quality is really good. But all I see is it's not performed well. On the numbers and therefore mm-hmm. that content to me is a failure um when actually what i'm doing is i'm breaking comfort zones and i'm improving the quality so there, there is probably more pros than there are cons those numbers are a very short-lived experience you know in a month's time you're not going to be looking at how many numbers that posted but i live in that moment far too much uh, and i analyze posts far too much immediately after posting and refreshing 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 and I can't seem to break away from that mentality, which tends to drag my creative juices and chuck it in the gutter. Um, so I think if I could do anything different, it would be to just trust the process and think more long-term rather than live in each post um, and focus some energy across other platforms, in particular YouTube, um, and, and try and grow that. So I have, I have a second resource to go to if another platform isn't performing. Because I think we're we're all pretty much aware that Instagram is a very weird year and it's very up and down and very, very stagnant. And then suddenly you'll blow up and then it will go stagnant again. Um, you know, I had a reel that hit over two million views and suddenly went up over two thousand followers in a week. And then since then I've lost followers for the for the the last three weeks. I'm in the negative. And that's Mm. three I'm I'm more I like a I like a shallow rise. You know, I don't like these peaks and I think the reels have changed the landscape of social media in that it's quick gratification you get this big spike drops off big spike drops off and you've got to it feels like you've got to stay on that grind but I don't think reels are necessarily fantastic for creators who are doing a certain type of content I think it's good for people who are very good at snappy fun content but if you're trying to get product stuff out I think it's difficult to sustain that so yeah, I think for me, changing, mm-hmm. uh, spreading yourself across multiple platforms. I think that's what I would do differently this year. You touch on a lot of
0: things that I want to talk about, but I'm trying not to deviate too much from our main topic. <laughs> like for example, like okay, I'll just I'll bite on one. Um, the reels thing, I agree. Like it's kind of messy right now because what it did was it alienated a lot of the OG Instagrammers. Mm-hmm. and I'm not. I'm talking. I'm not talking about myself. Like, I'm talking about like the, the people that I follow, like people who share amazing photos. Cause that was what Instagram was for photos, right? Mm, And then when I joined, I couldn't really compete with these amazing photographers. So I tried to one up, not basically add another level to it by adding some video onto my photos. Mm, So in the middle, in the beginning of my post will be a short video because Mm -hmm. that, that way there's, it's just a little bit more interesting. But the rest of the post, like basically 90 percent of the post, is still based on photos and my um, my description, right? Like the uh, the captions. Yeah. But Reels completely eliminated that. So yeah. people who are comfortable with doing that, who are um, who've gotten to a point where, because it's it's not easy to start off like that, right? Like it's not even easy to share a bunch of photos. It's not easy to write long captions, and you work yourself up to it. And then so when Reels came along. For those who finally got to that point where like, okay, I can share more stuff on my captions or more photos, suddenly it's just like gone. Like no one's interested in it anymore. So that's kind mm. of it's kind of touchy, but I mean, the worst thing that we can do as people, I think, generally speaking, is to be is to not evolve and adapt. Right? Like in anything. Yeah. In life, in work, um, even relationships. It's 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 hard to be to just stick to, to where we're comfortable. So it's a rude awakening for us. But what you th- you said though, Matt, um, I completely relate to. So a lot of the things that you said, like for example, you said that you felt like you wanted to focus more on YouTube, um, but you ended up kind of sticking to what you thought or you felt like you knew the best, which was Instagram. Um, and then you see like the drops in the follows, like the initial spike and then the sudden drop um, may I just offer this uh, as uh, a different perspective, right? So instead of maybe, maybe instead of thinking um, you're real or your post was a failure because you didn't have enough views, maybe instead of that, you should, you could look at it as this post, irregardless of how it performs, what it's doing is it's strengthening the relationship that that you have. With your current audience, whether it's five people, two people, 10 people, even if it's just one person, you're strengthening that relationship. Because at the end of the day, the most meaningful interactions are the ones from the people who really support you. So I don't really care.
1: I think that's a really good point, because the thing the thing with reels is obviously it's designed to get the biggest reaction. Okay, so a successful reel is viral so it goes big you get this big influx of people those people don't hang around they don't, and yeah. I, I wouldn't mind that so much I, I i wouldn't mind if none of my reels did well if my trajectory arc of my followers was the same as it was 2 years ago before reels even existed it was always an upward incline so i could predict in 6 months time i would be at x amount of followers give or take mm-hmm. you know so i my goal this year was to hit 30,000 followers and i've fallen 4,000 short this year and you know last year I could have gone through all of my analytics and regardless of what I posted you know variety content or uh, frequency it was always an upward trajectory and I think this year it's been quite frightening in the fact that it has actually been a really downward spike Um, and it's, it's kind of hard to accept that when you've had such a long period of steady growth that suddenly you can go backwards so I think I think that is a bit of a it's definitely been a bit of a dent of the confidence this year. And, and I'm mm-hmm. going to guys and DMS all the time on Instagram, like fuck sake I've gone backwards again. Um, but it's um, it feels like that's very much designed around. If you keep putting out really short uh, attention grabbing content, then it's going to do well, but I don't find them gratifying at all. Um, and see, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing that I
0: wanted to point out. Like, is that you? Mm. is that you like even if you promote a bunch of like whatever's trending right like it you mm. you guys have seen those thirst traps i think that's what the cool kids call them like the oh, well, <laughs> with I, I the ring one. lights I, actually, I
1: did one it actually did you do it really well i did you didn't see it you need to I go didn't see my, it. Go I see it. my I captain it. america one i did the captain america oh no no, one. no i did it's, see
0: that i did see that okay yeah yeah yeah. yeah.
1: yeah i did see that, like that one 11 posts ago <laughs> but you know, that, I mean, that was a bit of fun. And the thing is, I thought about that on Monday. And I was like, I'll do a cosplay version of this. And I'm sure. It did, did you really, like it really though? Well. I, I, I enjoyed. That? I, I did enjoy that one, to be fair. Okay. Uh, I okay, do, like, okay. A, good, a good bit of thirst is never going um, <laughs> to miss to, to my followers. So but you know, I, I, I think that's the thing. It's a, it's a real hard one of like, okay, do I just have a goof off account? Or do I want to take myself seriously? And mm. that's the trade up. The, the reel that mm. got to, over 2 million views was nine seconds. And all it was, was a very simple transition from um, having all my lights off to suddenly with a little timer, it was like a countdown, bam, all the lights on. Really simple. I stood on a chair, I filmed it. My wife walked across a couple of times while I was joking about it. I put it up, not expecting anything. And a week and a half later, it suddenly then kind of triggered and it blew up. But then the reel I've just posted yesterday and the one before that, I've spent hours on, days, like re-recording it for a client, and um, you know the, the the time is way outstripped any potential fee um that all got paid for it but i enjoy the end product but i guarantee you those ones won't do so well so it's hard i think as a creator because we all like validation right we all like to go yeah. we, we are measured as creators by the audience we've grown and the engagement and the likes on our posts that's our only metric isn't it especially on Instagram. our our metric is you've got a large following, you've got a big engagement and you've got a a good amount of likes on all your posts. So suddenly that goes and you're like, yeah, I get what you're saying,
0: but that's one thing I don't really agree with. And that's Mm. one of the problems that um, a lot of the brands are starting to understand is that they can't really put you in a category based on your following Mm. or um, yeah, your following or the number of likes. Yeah. Just because number of likes doesn't necessarily sell because at the end of the day, we're trying to sell products, trying Mm. to sell products or services. That's really what we, um, how we earn our money.
1: And and that's out of your control, right? Because like I say, I, I create content. I don't, I don't create likes, you know, and I, I, I do say that to a lot of people is once I create the content, it's yours. You can have it. I'll send it to you. High res, whatever, Google, Google drive, um, you can have all the content, put it where you want. I'll put it on my page, but once I've created the content, that's the value for me is creating the content. It's not actually yes. putting it on my page and engaging. It's the time element and the value for me is those three hours you don't see or two days you don't see editing that video. That that's what costs me. You know, not physical money, but that costs me in time. Let me yeah. try
0: to let me try to see if you if I can try to change your perspective, Matt. Maybe. Okay. Your real value isn't the time that you spend creating it. It's not even the end product. The real value as to why people want to work with you is your relationships with your audience. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how many likes you have. It doesn't matter how, many, how awesome your reel is or your post is. It's how many people trust you. So that trust is the only thing that will guarantee, almost guarantee a sale. Hmm. It's not, I'm buying this because Matt made an awesome post. It's not that. It's always going to be, this is an awesome post, but do I trust Matt? Hmm. That's when they start making that decision, right? Yeah. That's when they start, okay, you know, I trust this guy's taste. I trust this guy's judgment. If he likes it, then most likely i like it too. So that's your real value. That's how I perceive it, right? That's how I've always approached it. That's why I'm not really bothered by, um, obviously, I mean, I I get what you're saying, though. Like, if it doesn't perform, it doesn't perform as well. Because what, but to me is that if it doesn't perform, like it doesn't have enough likes or views, to me, it just didn't get to as many eyes as I would prefer, but I well, feel it's like very it's, random,
1: isn't it? It's very random, and once yes. once it's out there, it, there's nothing it's you can do there. about it. There's nothing yeah. you can do about it. And and I've, you know, to be fair, I've never, I've, I don't, I don't think from memory, I've ever had a brand not happy with what I provided for them. Right. But it's yeah. like you say, it's I work really hard on Instagram, and I, and if anyone is listening to this that um, has an account where they uh, are very much behind the scenes, you know, you don't see them, um, you don't hear from them, is I work really hard. To break down the walls of who I am and what I'm about. And like we have the expression we goof off. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm very much about trying to break down that barrier and get as much personality across as I can. And it might not always be in a feed post, but it will, it will a lot of time be in my stories like you do as well. Yeah. Um, and and I, I try and create that big personality. um So, like I say, that comes back to trust and brands maybe connecting you when they didn't connect with the other guy. Well, the other guy, they've never seen his face. Um, although he might have fantastic content and photography and videography, yeah. you've got to be able to get a sense of personality, I think, across on the post. So, uh, that's something I've always worked really hard on. And I think I gravitate to other people who do something similar because you know that there is a person behind the account. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's completely true. I agree with that. Um, it's just, uh,
0: I feel like maybe I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe you're just beating yourself up too much. Like thinking that my, 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 my content didn't perform as well. And you feel kind of like, not really embarrassed by it, but you're like, oh, okay, this is the, you paid, you guys paid me for this. And now you, you've attached your value to that one post. And now you think that the next project that you work with shouldn't be as you shouldn't be charging as much as you did the last one because it didn't perform well. No, mm-hmm. that's not true. Don't ever think about that about it that way Mm. it's not like that so
1: i have three amazing attributes i'm ambitious um i am (laughs) insecure and and i'm impatient so you know you get those three things together and i'm never happy Uh, you know i'm never happy with the content but i think that's the thing that's that's how you grow is you know you're not happy so you try and improve absolutely perfect and yeah uh, and you look to other creators obviously i've i've benefited massively from probably around 18 months, two years ago, kind of getting more to know guys like you guys, which is more of the dark aesthetic the cleanness that you know that kind of work from home vibe john I, tonight i am going to go a little bit into that unit behind you because that kind of inspired me massively and i've got some <laughs> questions on that um i but, got you yeah I, you know I've, I've got so many friends who do similar stuff to me with all the rgb and, and stuff like that and i've made wonderful friends and stuff like that so instagram you know no matter how bad instagram gets it, I, i'm very thankful that i've been, been able to create genuine friendships and and learn off people but then you've also got yeah the second kind of true that I've kind of got to know probably largely thanks to you Michael and Chelsea being back on you know uh, season one and Mm -hmm. um, just starting to kind of see who was liking your posts and you were tagging or tagging you and kind of veering off into this other nice, dark, aesthetic world. And, you know, it, it definitely has influenced the way my account's gone. Not fully that way, but every now and again, you know, I can chuck in a kind of dark and moody post and I really enjoy it. So yeah. So that's, that's the nice things you get from Instagram is you grow as a creator because you kind of find out where your taste is going and you can pull that taste into your own account. Yeah. But that has a lot to do
0: with how comfortable you are with exploring, right? Because if you didn't do that, Matt, if you decided to just stick with your guns and be like, oh, this is just me, this is my style, and never really clicked that follow button or even just looked at other people's accounts, you wouldn't discover anyone. And so I think that mm. that alone is a it's a I mean, it's a um I can't think of the word, but basically it's like a, it's it's a good thing you did that
1: so that well, you should our story the way we connected is one of my favorite stories obviously if you you probably remember you might not but i um i reached out to you when i was in a playground with my kids on holiday yes um because i think i'll never I'd forget li- that i think yeah. i'd listened to i mean it's a long time ago now but i think i was listening to one of your shows with chelsea mm-hmm. and i just sent you a voice note and we just had it you know yes. a bit of a back and forth and um we just kind of hit it off straight away i think but um... did you know this john did you know this
2: no story? i don't think i don't think i've heard that i heard the one i think last Oh, no this season when when you were on but I've never heard this story no yeah, yeah. so this
0: this is really good thank you for bringing that up uh, Matt and this is this goes back to my whole point of um, how like um, relationships are built and fostered I think mm. um, Matt reached out to me when Chelsea and I first started our the coffee creators and mm. we were new in the podcast world we were new in the content creation world and you know I've gotten messages from people and I still didn't when you read something, you kind of don't know how to conduct yourself when you reply. When you reply <laughs> like, okay, how should I sound? Should I sound like this? Should I sound like that? Like the tone of the words that you use, it can, it, the words that you use can basically vastly uh, change the tone of the messaging. And so I, find my, I found myself constantly wondering what would be the perfect tone for me. The thing that Matt did was instead of sending me an email, he sent me a voice message And he was in the playground (laughs) with his kids and it sounded real. And you know what? The only thing that I got out of that entire message was like, this guy's awesome for putting himself out there for introducing himself, making me realize that he's a complete human being. He didn't even have to talk about his, his accolades. He didn't even have to say that I run this, I run that, or I did this or do that. No, it's just, this guy's awesome. This guy's a, is a real person. And I think, that's the thing that really, that, that made me, um, like you instantly. Like, I like this. And even since, since that day, I've actually kind of thought about ways of how to, to bring that human connection back Mm. through my posts, through any, you know, anything. And that, that can be done in so many different ways, right? Like, um, show your face, obviously show, show your personality, the things that you like, the things that you don't like. And again, that goes back to just like, since then, Matt, like I just trust you. I trust you, mm. not because regardless of what you post, what you do, um, because you're my friend. Like yeah. I know Matt. Yeah, he's he's an awesome guy. So I trust whatever he he says, and that's the, that's the most valuable thing I think that that creators offer yeah. to these brands, like that connection. Because these brands, they don't have that connection. You have to work for that. Yeah. You have to you have to have something at stake for people to start trusting you, right? Did I say that correctly? But yeah, it's it's um, you have to to put yourself out there. And mm. that is the bridge that brands cannot have. Mm. Authenticity with, isn't yes it? with our audience. Because yeah. we've built that already, and that's mm. your value. And so not how many likes you get, not how many saves or whatever. But that relationship is that that that's your real value. Anyway, we've, we've yeah. gone so deep into this, <laughs> but John, I I don't know. Do you want to add something? I don't I don't want to be like the no. It's good. Uh,
2: I age. was just kind of letting that all play out. I think it was a good discussion. And so I was like, you know, I'm not deep into Instagram, but it's something that I've been thinking about a lot. And so I was like, listening to Matt and you just kind of talk about that, and that's the main thing that I ask myself is like, are my efforts on Instagram worth it and what, what am I really trying to achieve? And recently it just boils down to, cause I've been tempted to just do reels on reels on reels. I have a mm-hmm. friend, she's a fashion blogger. She just did like, she was at 9,000 for the longest time and she couldn't break out of it. And then she just like posted a ton of reels, probably like w- one every day. And mm-hmm. she's in a span of maybe a month. She's at 17,000.
0: Okay. Yeah. So That's, it's
2: like, yeah, nine to seventeen, and I'm like, man, should I do that? But yeah, I think it just goes back to I want to connect to the real people that are there. So even though goals. I can't yeah. go to the to brands and say, hey, I have ten thousand followers on Instagram, I can tell them, hey, a lot of these people are actually here for me, not mm-hmm. because I made something viral. Same goes for my YouTube. Like I, people have always like, you know how like your family would go to you, like, hey, you should do a giveaway, you should do this, you should do that. <laughs> a lot of them have suggested a giveaway and I'm like, my strategy for giveaways is to reward the people that are actually there, not necessarily to gain traction Mm -hmm. because I don't need that. Like I just want people to stick for me. And so, yeah, that's something I struggle with right now is because yeah, I'm at like 2,500 on Instagram and it's like, you see like all of the creators that I follow, like post like I'm about to reach 10 K right now. Can you guys like share this and all that? You know, I'm happy for them. But I'm just questioning for me, what do I actually want? And okay, you you hit, yeah. you mentioned something that I don't like. Mm-hmm.
0: Like one practice that I don't like, yeah. personally. And it's that, like the whole, can you share this so my friend can reach 10,000? I appreciate the efforts. Like if anyone did that for me, I can't even remember. But if anyone did that for me back then, I really do I genuinely appreciate it. But I prefer not to. Because these people don't care about me. Like the people who follow me don't care about me. You know why they followed me? Because you said to follow me, meaning they care about you. They wanted to help you, not me. And that's the relationship that's missing. So Mm. what I wanted to do was instead is if you can introduce me to your friends and let me win their, their, their follow, you know what I mean? That's all I ask, but not share this so that this guy can reach. Again, I appreciate that, Yeah. But it's not what I'm after. And so I think I think um, that's just always been my compass. Like if I only had like five followers followers, I'm going to serve those five followers. You know, what I mean, like if if I only have like, you know, I've experienced working with just one client when I got laid off. Well, if this is the one client I have, I better make sure that I give him the best damn performance that I can give. You know what I mean? Like the best service that I can give him because I'm you know he's all I got. You know what I mean? So I think, as creators, if we look at our audience that way, it'll help us process things a little bit easier when it comes to like managing our disappointments, our expectations. Um, yeah, and especially like just the realities of, um, of this this thing that we do. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want to get off on a different yeah, tangent, no. but well, that's here we are, you,
1: Michael. Move on.
0: <laughs> so I'm gonna share with. Um, Thank you guys for sharing the, your, the lessons that you've learned so far this year. And I think for me, mine is very much similar to bo- what a, what you both have shared so far. And it's overextending myself, basically what John said, like scheduling everything and making sure you know, saying that oh, I can do this. I can do that. Um, for me, my perspective was always like, if I can feed the algorithm more content, then the algorithm will like me better. Mm-hmm. Whether it's reels, posts, um, publish videos on YouTube. The problem was, I realized that I can only do so much, no matter how how many sleepless nights I get, the quality of the work will definitely suffer. It will definitely suffer. So that's one of the biggest uh, mistakes I've made. And so now I'm a little bit more, I'm still working towards it, but I'm a little bit more intentional. You don't see me on Instagram that much anymore. I'm still there, but you don't see me post as much because I found myself posting just for the sake of posting, mm-hmm. yeah, right. And then I'm like, okay, I'm at you know whatever following I have right now, it's not growing. So the old me, like the older, like uh, like a year ago me, would be obsessed over it. Like, what am I doing wrong? There's nothing. You're not doing anything wrong.
1: It's mm. just maybe it they, has changed they, a lot because it's gone from kind yeah. of that you know where you get to a certain account size and then it was like okay, once you get to a certain size, you can get away with posting once a week or maybe twice at a push. And twice, for me, used to be quite a lot. But then you Mm -hmm. get sucked into that kind of thing is you haven't posted today yeah and you know and then you start looking through your camera roll for any shit you can chuck out there you know? <laughs> oh that, well, that's a different angle Anything. Of, oh, oh, yeah, that's Anything. a different angle of a post i did four months ago i'll chuck that one out there or, or you start to you start to bastardize little clips of videos to try and make a real. you're like i wonder if i can splice those 17 <laughs> clips together we've uh, all yeah, done that yeah exactly <laughs> we've and all you, considered that at least you, you definitely do get to that point of just thinking i need to put someone out there i just need i yeah. need to otherwise i'm going to get forgotten and and it, that yeah. is the that is what Instagram has become this year, and I will be, I will be happy if that changes back. But if it doesn't, I think that's where you say, like all the things you guys have said today. It's being selective and not kicking yourself. Um, you know, don't just say yes to brands because you're desperate to get content out consistently, and you end up stressing yourself over something that's worth like five quid and they've not paid you for it, but they want like 17 images and you know, yep. a reel and and, and this. And, and that's the, the big thing for me. And I've said it to a couple of my friends, only in the last week. So John, when you touched on this, I was really happy, is you learn to say no, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to, you know, we all get FOMO. It's like, there's nothing worse than when you say no to a product and then one of the other creators who's really <laughs> talented makes yep. that product look really good. And you're like, ah, I, I should have done that. I should have mm, done that one. Cause yeah, that really, yeah, yeah. that really that yeah. done is dope. But the stress that people don't see is, like you said, when you're doing your architect job, you know, and you're you're living your life and you're doing everything else. And then you come home, you have your dinner, you put the kids to bed and then you've got to create some banging content over something which you weren't that inspired about in the first place. It can eat away at you Um, Mm -hmm. and you get this stress, which you really shouldn't be having unless you're doing this full time. I mean, really, it shouldn't be giving you. Anxiety and stress to the point where that's all you can think about, and I've fallen victim of that quite a few times this year. And like John says, sometimes just say no or yeah. set realistic deadlines. And I've started to do that because I was at a point where I'd finish a job and I'd have two more straight away, and it's been like that the entire year. So yeah. I'm very grateful for that, but I, I've really not taken my foot off the gas all year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I- yeah, it's it's learning to just you know pick pick the brands maybe a little bit more kind of a bit more of a selective process there, I think
2: it should be. Yeah. Cause
1: that's I add your to shelf. That. Yeah. What, what's that? that John?
2: I want to add to that a little bit because recently I posted this on my story because it was a realization that I had uh, that day. And I was like, wow, this is big. So, um, we, the three of us are kind of all like, um, we have different avenues, right? So you're a realtor and you have your Instagram, mm-hmm. YouTube, right? Michael, same thing, graphic designer, YouTube and all that. And I think what that empowers us to do is to not be um, desperate. So that gives us more power to say no, actually. I'm like, because I was in this mode of like, okay, I feel like I just have to pick one, architecture or content creation. And I have to give one or the other. And then up until I thought about this beautiful kind of synergy of like, no, I get to do architecture for projects. I get to say pro- to projects that I actually want. And say no, because that will now then give me time to say yes to the content creation side of things. And I don't have to say yes to all content creation, because if I'm just doing that, I'll probably in that hamster wheel of like, oh, well, this is where my next paycheck is going to come from. I have to say yes. But having both of those avenues now, I'm like, oh, say yes to the right architecture projects and say yes to the right content creation projects. And I'm never in a desperate position of like, I just need to look for more.
1: Mm, hmm. agree
0: mm-hmm. no that's very nice i actually want to add on to what you guys said um with saying no i firmly believe that that's one of the most powerful things a creator can do it's very empowering to actually say no and yeah. this is going to be a goofy metaphor but that's because i make goofy metaphors because i can't think of any deep <laughs> ones but imagine walking in costco now um matt i don't know if you're familiar with costco but costco's like this big warehouse type of like it's 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 a um it's, it's, called a a retail retail store. Here. it's
1: a similar thing. You buy in bulk, all that kind of stuff. Right, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know if you guys do the same thing, but in Costco, like they have like, all these samplers where, where you, you walk around, they offer you like these samples of like these food and whatever, obviously because of COVID that doesn't ha- hasn't happened in a while. But imagine being that guy and everyone's trying to sell to you the product and you said yes to every sample, even if you don't like it. Like, why would you do that? You can mm. say no. And that's completely fine so i think um that's how i see it you know again in michael's really simple brain everything's just like costco <laughs> you just say no if you don't want to eat it you know what i mean so that's uh, i think it's one of the most powerful things that you can do as a creator just by saying yeah. no and well, don't give in to fomo
1: i think look, looking at my account all that time ago you know i would say 90 percent of my posts were fun They were things, you know, I'd come home, get excited about a game. I'd theme, you know, obviously a lot of games, what we do is we theme our setup to a game or something that we're playing or something like that. So my posts were mostly fun. And then every now and again, you get a product chucked in there. And then this year, it feels like it's product, 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 product. And like every 10th post is something that I've just done because I walked in my room and gone, damn, my room looks nice today. Mm -hmm. It's it's changed a lot.
0: Yeah. And you know what though? The selling point there really isn't your room. Believe it or not, that's just the vehicle.
2: Hmm. But the
0: selling point is what does Matt like? Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how many things you have in your room. If you don't like it, the people who trust you know that. Mm. And they'll be like, yeah, Matt doesn't like that. He's just putting it just because. Yeah. You're not going to buy it. But if you like yeah. it, if you come home and you're like, oh, hey, this is fun. This is cool. This is awesome. Then that's that's the that's the the golden ticket there, I think. Yeah, yeah like it.
2: Okay. Yesterday, uh, someone reached out to me and just asked, "Like, hey, do you put screen protector on your, on your Apple Watch? If so, what do you use?" And I'm like, "I've never talked about my Apple Watch at all. If it's somebody to just reach out like that, that's yeah, that that was kind of like, man, you know that they're there because they're interested in what you like. Exactly, they trust you
0: because I think we go we go back to like again human connection, especially now in COVID. You know, everything's through a screen." we're desperate to find out like who this person is and what they like. And you know, that's where we cling on to. Like that's the, that's where Mm -hmm. the trust is. Um, anyway, you know, so that we don't get stuck in
1: this. Yeah. (laughs) This is like an entire episode already, but I want
0: to say one of the other lessons I learned, very important, very simple, but very important is that the audience that I have on YouTube and, and Instagram are very different. So I made the mistake. Yeah. They hate you on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah.
2: They hate me on YouTube. (laughs) I've said this before. Michael's the nicest guy, but the most hated that I know of. I don't know why. I, I don't get it. I honestly I don't, don't get it.
0: I've gotten so tired of responding to them, but I still check them. Like, this morning, I'm like, someone called me, like, uh, I, selling to the man. And I'm like, oh, this account is just a bunch of commercials. I'm like, oh, Okay. That's kind of like a compliment for me, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's just hilarious. I still get it. But, you know, that was my biggest mistake because I assumed in the beginning that if I had a large following on Instagram, I can easily bring them over to YouTube. That's not the case. So if you guys mm, yeah. are doing that, mm. just realize that, that your audience are very different. So you have to win yeah, your yeah. audience on YouTube mm-hmm. in a different way. Um, all right, so we've shared like all those like lessons or things with the audience. I and mean, hopefully someone, you know, somewhere there in that that whole jumbled mess of, <laughs> frustration and you know embarrassment and just like all these life lessons that we've we've encountered um you can you hopefully have gotten you know at least a a little bit of information or something that can help you along um what i want to do next before you know for this side of the podcast and i know we've gone um a, a, a little bit over than what we were expecting but this time i want us to share what we want to achieve next year what is our goal next year it can be a small goal it can be a big goal it can be ridiculous and the reason why i want to do this is because i want to ensure for me personally i want to ensure that i'm always moving forward Mm. whether it's small steps what it's just i just need to move that needle ever so slightly constantly it can never just be sitting it's okay to move back a little bit but as long as i have the intention of moving it forward you know what Mm. i mean because moving the needle back it happens that's called life it's constantly going to push you back. The idea is you need to push back harder. So that's my goal, and for me personally, and I like to think, you know, I I want to set like the same fire, I guess, with 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 people, um, especially my friends, like you guys. Like mm. I want to be to to try my best to make sure that you guys are also moving forward. You know, that's just what it is. I because you guys are my friends, I am not going to sit down and be like. And Matt just gave up on it or John's just got, you know, he just decided he's not going to do it anymore just because. No, I'm i am going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hound you guys. <laughs> I don't know where you live, but I'll find out. <laughs> but well, you I want definitely
1: know where I live, Michael, because um, I, I was expecting a mug in the post. that never I know. Came. I'm so, so sorry. You have, you have my address. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've had it for so long. <laughs> OK, so I want everyone to talk about what their goal is for next year and what they can um, what they want to try to achieve. Um, that way we can also hold first? each other accountable. What's that?
2: You want to inspire us first? Oh, by great. Your goals?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to, I'm going to inspire anyone. Anyway. Okay, you know what? I'm going to set the crazy expectations. Okay. The crazy expectations. And that's all it is really. Um, my own expectations for myself. I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but obviously when I, when I um, approach something, I have every intention of making it happen. I'm not just mm. going to say I'm going to do this just for the heck of it. Right. I have yeah. every intention of making it happen. Whether it really happens or not, I'm not sure, but okay. I'm going to read you guys a couple of goals that I wrote a few days ago, and I'm constantly adding to this list. Uh, let me see. Where did I put that? It's funny, because I was just reading this list um, an hour ago before we got on the podcast, and now I can find it. Okay, let me see. Let me just type in goals here on my search. There you go. Okay, I found it. So for, for I've been writing goals since 2020, mm-hmm. and I have him in like bullet points, and for every goal that I reach, I would check them off. So for 2020, I wrote 13 goals and yep. I promise you when I wrote these goals, I was expecting that if I got if I got one of these thirteen, I would be extremely happy like i would be like, this is awesome. I made a thing, you know I did it. So in 2020, I wrote 13 goals. Out of those 13, I got 10 of them. I was not expecting that. I did not expect it at all. And they can be as little as, and I'm not talking about, when I talk about goals, I'm not saying wake up at six o'clock in the morning. No, those aren't goals. Those aren't just like decisions that you make. My goal was in in 2020 was start a podcast. Another goal was more videos for YouTube. Another goal was get a dream sponsor. And I named those dreams dreams sponsor. I said Grove made, and I also made another one. I said get office as a sponsor. I got that. I also wrote down um, build a PC. I'm like I know nothing about PCs. I built a PC. I said build a gaming setup. I still don't. Still don't. (laughs) Still don't. (laughs) I built a gaming setup. I also said um, get another dream sponsor. I got another dream sponsor. Uh, I also uh, put down, finished a first setup makeover. So you can imagine, like when I was writing down these goals, they were kind of like, well, these are kind of lofty. But after 2020, I looked back and I started checking off like the goals. I wasn't even actively looking at it like like every day. I just wrote down the things I really want to achieve. And I was surprised to check off 10. And so for 2021, I wrote Okay. So this is to bring some, you know, I'm not sugarcoating anything. Okay. So uh, for 2021, I wrote one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I wrote nine goals out of the nine. I got two. So it's not always going to be realistically, it's not always going to happen. You're not always going to get all of them, but I still got some, Mm -hmm. right? So I think that's the importance of writing down goals. So going back again, getting, you know, raining things um, back a bit. Yeah, I'm pulling things back again. Um, going back to the 2022 goals. I wrote to get 200,000 subs- subscribers on YouTube. I wrote uh, a special product collaboration. And when I say special product collaboration, it can be like, uh, okay, this is extremely lofty. But that just for the sake of example, I'm holding a Starbucks cup right now. I wanted to say Starbucks X Michael Soledad that yeah. type of collaboration. Um, I said monetize both podcasts that I run so that they can be self-sustaining. So it doesn't mean I have to run a uh, monetize them in a way where it's like, I'm making thousands of dollars. No, just enough so I can pay for the yearly subscription of the zoom, the whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's all. As long as I can make it self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wrote down create consistent content related to cars because it's one of the things that I'm very passionate about. I wrote down um, $25,000 sales on Amazon. That sounds ridiculous, ridiculous, but it really is one of the goals I'm trying to make in a month. I wanna try to make $25,000 in sales on Amazon. Um, I also wrote down a down payment for a vehicle that I extremely love. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's nice to put down the goals um, and have a, a very highly influential guest on my podcast. And I think. So you already got sick. that. There we go. Yeah, I, I got, I know, I got no. two. I got two. <laughs> hey, check that one right off now. <laughs> Thank you guys. <laughs> have us right. back
2: on January 1st and then you'll check it again. See? Done.
0: Done. <laughs> I should publish this next year. So that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got it all right so that's the list that i started on those and what you those are my goals that i've listed so far and mind you i'm going to keep adding to the this list as the months go on um how about
1: you guys well, i've, I've <laughs> actually got i've actually got mine written down here but it's, i haven't checked it <laughs> <laughs> my, my dusty my dusty iphone there, with, my, with my goals on it it's uh uh, yeah, I hit four of them, and one of them was um, keep that beard growing. So you know, my goals weren't exactly um, lofty. Um, but the two, the two that I really wanted to hit, which was the 500 subs and the 30,000 Instagram, I didn't hit those. But you know, I think we'll reset those next year, and we'll um, we'll keep going. One of them was just to learn to edit video better, and I made a big switch from um, from Premiere Pro to DaVinci Resolve um, only about two months ago, and I'm really enjoying it um oh good it's it's just i don't know it just feels easier to edit on it's a lot it feels more lightweight than premiere pro it's just used to crash the hell out of all my stuff yeah. <laughs> so um i'm enjoying that uh connect more creators i think that's a yearly that's a yearly kind of reset goal um mm-hmm. improve my tech spaces um this is one of the things probably hold me back from um getting on youtube more is the fact that people love a setup tour right yeah but my my setup changes every week so I'd be like, ah, I'll wait another week because I'm about to get that chair or I'm about to get this. And, you know, if I do my video, it's going to be out of date in a week's time. I should have just done the goddamn video yeah. and then done yeah. another one in six months' time. So yeah. it's that sort of procrastination because there's always something else which is going to happen. You know, just do the video, damn it. Just get it out there yeah, because I would have been it. for. I guarantee you if I'd have done um, a setup tour in the middle of this year, even if it would be completely out of date now, I would have hit my 500 subs. Yeah, absolutely. So I should have done yeah. it. So procrastination, don't procrastinate. Um, just commit to doing something and, and do it. That's good. Nice.
0: That's a good list.
1: I don't know why so, you yeah. think it's
0: not lofty. That's good. Well,
1: That's awesome. yeah, I think I, I think it's just, yeah, I, I, I don't mm-hmm. like missing goals. So I, I always like to say, you know, set goals that are set different tier goals, but set a few which are achievable that you're going to hit because nothing worse than making all 10 goals really hard.
0: Oh yeah, um, and it you, has
1: to you be... miss every single one. So, you know, set some bite-sized ones that are just satisfying. You're gonna hit those on a weekly or monthly yeah. basis. Yeah. Um, you've obviously got to do stuff to hit those goals, but you exactly. should hit them. Yeah. Um, and I do the same at work with my staff. We don't we don't set sales targets, we don't set KPI targets, we don't set targets. You know what is good and you know what is bad. And you know, I don't need to tell you at the end of the month if you've not done very well, because you can see it in your pay packet you know so Mm -hmm, we don't set mm -hmm. targets you come into work we'll work hard if you work hard you get you get the results so yeah i'm i like realistic and easy to achieve goals but i think i think next year i think youtube i'm going to go again we're going to go again with youtube and i think kind of this little setup i've got going here at the moment with this kind of background and stuff gives me a little bit more confidence to to create because i think the hardest thing for me i'm not sure looking at your instagram you guys have dedicated rooms which uh, are kind of your creative spaces, whereas Michael, you know my room very well. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's my di- it's my dining room. We're on my dining table at the moment, and I have a fake worktop. I don't know if I can just tilt mm. this up. So our viewers, which are, I have this fake white worktop on top of my dining table, so it looks like I've got this lovely white studio desk, when actually it's my kid's old desk from. You know bedroom. what's
0: so interesting about this whole thing, Matt? This entire time you see it that way as a di- disadvantage. I completely disagree, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. The reason why I think that's your advantage is because a lot of people can relate with you. And I mean, so yeah, when, that,
1: that's always been my niche—is the yes, small room and, so, and the, so the, think the about small this. space. Think about this:
0: the fact that you have an awesome like view right now. I have mm. it on screen. Yeah. it looks awesome. They mm. don't really care whether you're it's small or not. They just want to have an awesome looking presentation when they're creating their content, right? Yep. And so for you, the fact that you have a small space and you you're—it's kind of like a hybrid if you they know that they'll be like oh crap i can do the same thing so that's an inspiration that's, for
1: yeah. that's definitely a big part i think playing the next year. because this this has only come about in the last 2 weeks because as you know normally i'm either recording there or i go over to the other side and i'm facing a wall um so yeah. it's very hard to get a nice backdrop you either look at a door or a window whereas yeah. this way you just you know putting the dining table out in the middle of the room um, and shooting back the other way means i can get that nice backdrop and I can get the lights and you know i can obviously get them the right lighting and stuff yeah. so Actually, only in the last two weeks, it's given me that little buzz to go. Actually, I quite like this. It looks like a little studio, so it's pretty cool, man. Do you know what I mean? So you know, it's always changing, and 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 I think you just got to find something that that you're confident creating in. And this space, I, this space has worked hard for me. I've grown to twenty five thousand followers from this one room. Essentially, that's
0: pretty cool. That's pretty cool.
1: So you know that yeah. that is something that I have to keep reminding myself is that you know I don't have you know, a studio, but look look how far we've come in yeah. those three yeah. years of, of so, creating these spaces.
0: What you should be thinking about is like what else can I do if I had a bigger space?
1: Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If you just can keep the kids that. out, I just keep kids out and then I can have I can have their
2: bedroom, I can have a gym, <laughs> I can have everything. No, I think that exactly. YouTube video though would be very cool to see like, okay, this is what you guys see and then just pan onto like, oh this is actually Dude, where yeah. it's at. Yeah. And like yeah, I make it work. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, that, that could down. be
1: a nice, nice intro video for, to kick off 2022. Yeah. Yes, I would definitely watch that, mm. and not just because you're my friend. I definitely
0: would want to watch that because I, I want to understand, like, how watch you it can make it beard. work.
2: Mm. You know what Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I'll give it a little shake for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it at a minute of your choice
2: for ten pounds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll monetize the beard in 2022. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this video it. is sponsored by Michael, and then you just like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so weird. What I'll do is I'll pull a picture out from underneath it of Michael. That yeah, is so funny.
0: I'm almost willing
1: to actually pay for that.
0: <laughs>
1: Done. We'll sign the contracts after the show. <laughs> That's funny. Thank
0: you. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. I think good. your goals are good.
2: I like yeah. that. How about you, John? Uh, for me, the big thing that I wanted to achieve this year was quit my job, which mm. I was able to do in August. That was just a big relief and at the same time, a lot of responsibility and weight. It was like a weight was lifted off my shoulder and then a different weight was put back onto it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's been good. This year has been good. My goals for next year, um, I wrote, I I never want to be too attached to a number, but then for us as creators, it's hard to really quantify how much we're growing or improving other than the numbers itself. And so... It's hard not to set a goal and not put a number onto, like, subscriber count, follower yeah. count. Yeah. And so, yeah, I put 100K subs on YouTube. I'm at 17 right now. 10K for IG. I'm at 2,500. And then I wanted to have a one of my top, like, favorite creators on the podcast. Because it's, like, you know, a different avenue. It's more about, like, life in general. And just I just want to get to know them in that area. Is that Matt? Uh, or me. <laughs> hey, yeah. you're, you're already Matt's. on it. I know. So maybe Matt and the next one, a <laughs> 2022. Yeah. And then a household sponsor, meaning just like, you know, someone big who's actually like, when you say it, it's like, oh, like you don't need to explain who they are. People yes. know like, oh, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully publish the course that I was thinking of. And it's, Mike and I kind of talked about it just to get Mac. Uh, matt into like know a little bit about it it's just about designing your space basically love it yeah and yeah. i'm not sure yet if that's going to be like a paid course kind of thing or whatever and that's part of what i want to figure out in 2022 that's awesome nice. yeah, sounds that's very exciting me.
0: yeah i want to add one more goal for me no for me oh for okay. everyone actually for everyone <laughs> and i'm just just because i'm ridiculous yeah. So I know what Matt said was very true. like make make um, bite-sized goals so that you can get yourself up to speed and you can gather enough confidence, right? Completely agree, completely yeah. agree. But I also think for me personally, I think it's important to have goals that are absolutely scary because if we don't if I don't reach out for those huge goals, if I don't go for them, I'm usually just going to find the most comfortable one and be like, okay, I did that and I'm fine, I'm okay. Hmm. But why not reach for the, the high ones? And it's okay if you don't reach it. I mean, if you don't, you know, just try to grab it. Cause that's one of my, my um, my uh, what do you call this? Like my personal motto, I guess, is go after it. What do you want? Go after it. Like Literally, you are the only one who's stopping you right now from going after what you want. Hmm. So that's what I've been telling myself. So the goal that I want to add to my list, and you guys can add it as well if you want to, but my goal is to make even bigger goals. I want goals that are almost ridiculous and almost like scary, like something that, that I I can look at and be like, oh boy, yeah, because I honestly think my goals are not too big are aren't big enough. They should be so big that it's almost embarrassing to talk about because I firmly believe that that's the reason why people have dreams, because in dreams, you have no boundaries, right? So why would you call it a dream if you put boundaries around? Like, I can only go this, you know what I mean? Mm. To me, dreams are the ones that are just endless, the ones that will really surprise you. I so tend I've a lot
1: of my dreams, so uh, yeah, my, my dreams are, are quite scary. Dreams are supposed to be scary. Yeah, lots, lots of chasing, lots of, uh, lots of drowning. Oh, you mean literally? <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> I think my dreams are very much kind of telling you all how my life feels right now. But,
0: uh. <laughs> all right, well, guys, I really appreciate the time that you spent with me today, and thank you for being here on the final episode of Coffee Creators for this year. Um, I actually didn't expect the conversation to turn this this way, but I enjoyed it. I thought it it meant, um it was meaningful for me, and I hope you guys feel the same way, hopefully, of course, <laughs> yes, there's of like course. a dead silence, there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Uh-oh. Michael gave
2: us a death stare, so we had to I say know. yes, yes, Michael, yeah, I agree, no, because <laughs> um,
0: I think yeah, 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 no, sure. I think I'm just at a point in my life where it's like if you're gonna do something, Michael, I'm talking to myself, if you're gonna do something, then you better make sure that you 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 do it for a reason, not just for your not just for. Shits and giggles. I mean, shits and giggles is always going to be fun. Mm. But it's like, you know, add something to someone's life. Even if it's not yours, just add something to someone's life. I think if that's your legacy, then that's fine. At least you're not being mm. just someone hidden away, tucked away.
1: So that's, Here's that's an idea for you. This is one which um, John might like the idea of this one. But this was one that we've kind of we've you and I have touched on this ever so slightly was creating this, you know, more people round a table having a chat. But what about the podcast club? And we have a list of 12 creators that are in this podcast club. And it's okay. nice that, you know, we've got some nice headshots and we've got a little bio about everyone. And it's on rotation. And those people can dip in and dip out. But though, that that's like a core of 12 creators of different strengths and different backgrounds and different styles and techniques and whatever. But those people are part of this crew, which doesn't really change um but because obviously we can't all commit to going on a show every week and 12 people let's be honest would be chaos <laughs> but they could be part of like a like a team of podcasters that you uh-huh. know, dip in and out of of content people get to know them um i i just got this vision of of a podcast but more more people it'd be it'd be a bit mm. like a if you had like a joe joe rogan i think over there yeah obviously yeah. if you're in the studio together you can do four people in the studio it's a lot more natural but when you're doing kind of zoom you kind of don't get the cure when people are going to talk and and that kind of yeah. stuff but I have this kind of vision of have a podcast team and a team of creators and it, beca- it could become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But you have like this team of people that aren't on every episode every week and you can still do guests. Yeah. But I think that could be really cool if you do it right. That's a very good idea. And you yeah, know what? I have an idea. Cool.
0: It's called Coffee Creators. <laughs>
1: there you go. <laughs> no, that's a really good idea. Man. Well, you know, you know like this, kind of this, this big vibe that's going with Pete McKinnon, this whole pirate thing? Mm-hmm. Just imagine that but for people who like podcasts so you okay. create this yeah. kind of like um this kind of real niche kind of yeah. community, community where yeah you know there is an aesthetic behind it of course as well whether it's the dark and moody sort of look or the you know the peter mckinnon sort of vibes with you know you can bring out some merch that's very cool for people to photograph but you have like that's the team that's like you know that's the 12 cowboys there mm-hmm. and, you know they are all creators with all different Strengths and assets. I think that's I like that. I like, that. Be I be like that. Yeah, that. That's a pretty cool idea. That's definitely something that we we can explore.
0: Um mm. it's like a round table of like uh of creators and that's the brand, right? Like yeah. okay, so who like Johnny, you've next? got your you know?
1: you've got your show, I've got my show, Michael's got his show, Chelsea does her bits, you know. You you can still do all of that, but every now and again you come together for like a little power power show or something like that. It'd be quite cool. I that's I a like goal.
0: That. Okay, write that down. I'm gonna write that down. That's the goal. Like we need to have like a, a combined podcast for of like different creators. So how powerful like that would that
1: one? be you know you could have you know all of these different people and, and brands who come to you and you've got this huge tapped market of audiences and different yeah, like you said styles nationalities yeah. you live in different countries you get different spin on things yeah It'd be quite cool yeah. if you had like a holding page and we had a you know like you said it could be coffee creators. Yeah. No, I, just, I mean, I was just kidding, mad but yeah.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that's a, definitely a good idea. Okay, we need to talk. We we need to talk about it for for for, for next year. There's definitely uh, something there. I think that that's worth exploring. Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys have been awesome. I really appreciate your friendship, both of you. We really appreciate Likewise. the uh, the advice. Uh, I, you know, I I trust you guys. I listen to you. Yeah, I respect your counsel. Everything. You know, seriously, like, you guys are more than just Zoom faces to me. You guys are people. I appreciate that. And I also want to say thank you to the audience for being a part of the Coffee Creators podcast for this long. It's been two years. And although our dear friend Chelsea is still on vacation. Actually, she just came back. She came back from Norway. And I told her, I said, Chelsea, please tell everyone you're on vacation because they're wondering why you're not here. And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll I'll post it on my Instagram when I'm on. (laughs) I'm in uh, Norway. And then she she kind of did, but she kind of didn't. <laughs> so she's busy enjoying life. So that's what Chelsea's yeah, she's, doing. She's got
1: some nice family content up there recently. Yeah, I think they were, so. they, were they baking cookies today? I can't remember. They were doing something, which was yeah. nice today.
0: Chelsea's doing fine and we miss you, Chelsea. But um, Absolutely. yeah, so thank you. Thank you for being a part of the Coffee Creators podcast. And uh, just a quick note, actually, before I end this episode, and wish you guys a happy, happy just holidays, a uh, new year and Christmas. Um, please consider subscribing to the YouTube channel, even though the Coffee Creators is now, um, you're able to watch our episodes on Spotify. That's a new feature that Spotify just um, included. So I'm excited to share that you can now watch us. Like you can see these pretty faces right now, especially uh, Matt's amazing beard um, <laughs> in uh, Spotify. But also I would encur- I would like to encourage you guys to help us reach 100 subscribers on um, what do you call this on YouTube? Just because it makes it easier for people to find us when you're on the platform and you don't have to kind of search, you know, some weird, you know, words, but anyway, also reach out to us on Instagram at coffee W creators, and you can email the show at coffee with creators podcast at gmail.com. So, uh, on behalf of my friend, Chelsea and John and Matt, again, thank you so much, uh, for being here. Absolutely like pleasure. Say- yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. I'd like to say thank you guys for listening and for supporting the show. And we'll see you guys again next season. Have have a very wonderful holiday season and a happy, happy new year. Merry take Christmas. care, guys. Merry Christmas.
2: Bye. Bye.